Tonight we have a parade of guests, a special performance from singer-songwriter Shane Stoltz, and a live studio audience. That's all tonight on the season finale Pointacular on the point. Welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. And, and, <laughs> and tonight, tonight is a big show. It's not only our season finale. Actually, you know, for those who are in the audience who don't know, um, we launched this show back in October, this little internet youtube kind of show. And kind of, kind of, it makes me feel pretty good. We kind of uh, blew up a little bit, and uh, we've caused some controversy along the way, but that's okay. That's what happens when different people have different perspectives on different issues. We were picked up by Reverie, which is based in LA, and it's the world's largest LGBTQ online streaming service. And now we are here at the 519 Community Center in Toronto. The heart of the gayberhood. The heart of the gayberhood for our live season finale Pointacular. <laughs> Crazy, and I, and I have to thank Nui Rose as well, which is Toronto's uh, fest, a queer, festival of queer art and performance for allowing us to be part of their festival, therefore allowing us to be here today. So thank you to Nui Rose. Okay, so a lot of you We've actually never officially introduced all of our regular co-hosts on the show, so I want to do that right now, since we have people who perhaps haven't watched the show before. Um, oh, I go first. Oh, no, you, who am I? Uh, my, name is Fred, uh, my name is Fred Kerr. I'm a, a journalist and actor, and I'm the person who uh, kind of birthed this, and there were labor pains. Um, <laughs> Uh, first, let me introduce my uh, associate producer, Tito Faustino. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, then I want to introduce Gordon Allen. That's your spot. Don't you have to choose? No, you, you know your seat. <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. Um, actually, for those of you who have been watching the show, Matt Raffi, um, who's one of our regular... Oh, we love, we love Matt, don't we? Um, he's an actor, a dancer, a performer, and he's actually in PEI for about six months performing in a show out there in Prince Edward Island, Charlottetown. So, <laughs> so, uh, but luckily sitting in for him has been the amazing and f formerly of the podcast Ish Talk, now from the podcast The Reamsbottom Position, <laughs> Tegan Reamsbottom. Hello. 
and and Reamsbottom is his last name. Unfortunately. No cracks. <laughs> um, also, um, Ori Barnett, who is a part of the show, he um, let me know that he would be late this evening. He's stuck in traffic. Um, but one of our, um, one, part of the Point family is here and we'll fill in for him off the top of the show. She will also be here for the whole show interacting with the audience. Ms. Fatality. And last but certainly not, certainly not least, uh, our technical director, without him, I don't know what you'd be seeing right now. Um, and he's also operating that thing, Doug Ben. Also, in the, in the back corner over there, um, in case you're wondering, that's Lee Kadesky of One Hop Kitchen. Uh, One Hop Kitchen. Lee will, be, Lee will be on the panel a little bit later uh, talking about his company, which um, it's a food company specializing in insect cuisine and actually has some uh, stuff for us and uh, you guys to try. It's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. Uh, is it organic? Lee, 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 will, Lee will be talking about that. Also, um, CD, he's selling CDs and all that good stuff, is our musical guest. And frankly, we have never had a musical guest on the show, somebody performing on the show. So very excited. Shane Stoltz. You never asked me to sing. Huh? You never asked me to sing. And there's a reason. Um, so actually, uh, before we get into uh, the, the topics off the top of the show, um, I do want to, in case you don't know, uh, Pride 2017, all around the world, for some reason, has a new icon, a new queer icon. And it's Babadook. And I think we have a picture of the Babadook. And I think the Babadook... I think the Babadook actually twerks. Does it, yeah, the Babadook twerks. Oh my God, yeah. Does it actually? Does anybody on Does anybody on the panel know why the Babadook Babadook yes. became a gay? What? Why? Because it was incorrectly sorted into like Netflix's LGBT category. Oh really? Yeah. And I so heard like that somebody... it was an allegory for like being gay. I don't, I don't know. Like that's no. no actually, I had, I had heard that. I had heard that that um that um. Uh, the uh, that it was incorrectly put on Netflix under gay and lesbian, yeah. and then somebody thought, "Oh, isn't that funny? Let's make him a queer icon." So, but it yes. does look okay. like Diane Keaton, does it not? Oh, it looks what? like Diane it Keaton. Looks like Diane Keaton. <laughs> Shade. I, I, in my mind, it reminds me of Diane Keaton. The, uh, maybe Miley Cyrus. The, no, but there, there is a definite resemblance with the hat. I, it's the hat. Okay. I don't know. Slash. I don't know. That's the most. Current reference. Yeah, thank uh, probably, you. Uh, do I ever thank make you. a current reference? <laughs> no. Tegan yeah. is an old soul. Okay, we're going to get into our uh, first talking point this evening. No justice, no pride. I think everybody here in Toronto is... Should I take off the Babadook for... Uh, yes, the get rid of the Babadook there. Right. Thank you. Um, I think everybody in Toronto is familiar with what happened uh, with uh, Toronto Pride last year when uh, a contingent of Black Lives Matter stopped the parade uh, in protest. Uh, well, something similar happened in Washington, D.C. this year. A group called No Justice, No Pride um, sat down. Uh, no, no uh, actually, 
no justice, no pride. Uh, according to the Washington Post, um, that is the name of the group. They also held signs saying no justice, no pride. They also had signs uh, that said, what side am I, uh, what side are my people, what side are you on? Um, what, the, thing that, the thing about Washington, D.C. that was different than what happened here is there are people look come on in, come on in. People are, people are gathering out there. Actually, Doug, can you like, let people know that, like, just open the door a little bit and let people know they can there's, come in? There's sound issues. Oh, sound issues? Okay. Oh, yeah, do it just a little bit, just a little bit, tad bit. That's good. Um, so uh, in Toronto, the parade stopped until um, somebody uh, from Pride signed off on, on Toronto Pride's demand, uh, um, Black Lives Matter's demands. What they did in DC is they simply rerouted the parade around the protesters. Of course, uh, much the same as what happened here. People are saying that this group hijacked the parade. Uh, of, of course, there are supporters of No Justice, No Pride saying if you are offended, this was in uh, LGBTQ Nation, if you are offended by the No Justice, No Pride protest, you are a cultural idiot. So the question is, what, what's the right thing to do when this happens? Do you, do you just ignore the protesters and go around them? Do you... It, uh, do you say, okay, we're going to adhere to your demands? Faye? Um, well, in terms of like, <laughs> I mean, in terms of Toronto, he just went, went with the demand for the beginning. But I mean, if, if, if my choice would be yes, but no. I mean, you, you can't really go around. You can't, you can't ignore the fact of it. You kind of actually have to just pay attention for them to a little bit. So was it wrong for in DC? I, I realize it's a it's a different city. It's yeah. not the city where we're based. But was that the right thing to do to just go around the protesters, no, I don't reroute think, the parade? No, I don't think that. That's just gonna make them more angry. I mean, I think they should have yeah rerouted the parade. Right? It's like somebody's trying to do something to you. Right? You just avoid the problem. Right? But but is it ab avoid the problem? So is that avoid? Oh no 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 no! I don't think. <laughs> you're always, he's always trying to get me. I don't know. You know, I'm the only. I'm the only colored one, you know what I'm saying? I thought, I thought, you can't, you I thought, can't, well, thought, you you can't say that anymore, honey. You can't say that you know anymore, what? honey. No, 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 <laughs> definitely, definitely for facts, for facts, for facts. You know, I thought Matt was a, mm, but, but I came and I was like, mm, you know, I thought you were a little darker on the picture, you know. Who, me? Matt. Matt. You were looking at me. I'm just like, I'm the Boy, whitest I just want to comment. there's ever been. There aren't a lot of shows where a straight black man and a drag queen fist bump. I think that's a cultural moment. Thing. Needs to be a gym. Um, but okay, but uh, <laughs> no, but Gordon, yes, if if yes, you sir. if you reroute the parade and and at least in the moment ignore the people, can it be conceived as ignoring ignoring the issues? Yeah, of course, right. But they're trying to avoid their problem, right? Like their problem at hand was some something in the way, so they went around it instead of. You know, they saw what happened here, right? I don't think they wanted that. Well, but in Toronto, uh, uh, the the then executive director signed off on the demands to let the parade through, and then the very next day came out and said, well, I didn't really mean it. I just signed it to get the parade moving. <laughs> so that's basically like rerouting. Exactly, yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of exactly. like the show must go on. Something's in your way, you kind of have, oh, I mean, it's kind of hard to like pay attention to it because you right. want it to keep going. Well, I, I, I do find it interesting that there's been so much, usually the criticism aimed at 
gay issues, queer issues is from the right, right? We're all used to that, right? The anti-gay right or the conservatives or whatever. I find it interesting that so much criticism now comes from the left that, uh, I mean, part of uh, No Justice, No Pride's issue was not just how it deals with minorities in the community, but also the corporatization of pride um, and how it should be more of a protest. It, it's, every, everything is going further right and further left. There's so much polarization and it drives me crazy because we cannot seem to get along on any level anywhere anymore. Within the gay community, outside, it, it, it makes not a lick of sense. Well, well, speaking of things that don't lick, uh, don't know what that means. Um, but Abercrombie and Fitch actually got in trouble recently for tweeting what they thought was a pro gay, pro-queer tweet. And it was actually a quote from uh, somebody who works at uh, the LGBT charity, The Trevor Project. The tweet was- Was that it? No, that is not it. Sorry. Um, (laughs) You just wanted to get more Babadook in. Babashook. Babashook. The tweet was, and this is from Abercrombie and Fitch, the pride community is everybody, not just LGBTQ people. And the idea behind the tweet at least from what Abercrombie and Fitch says, is it was meant to say, at Pride, we are all LGBTQ, the same way that you know you might say on St. Patrick's Day, we're all Irish. <laughs> but the left of the community saw it as kind of the equivalent of all lives matter. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Tito, thoughts? Thoughts. <laughs> well, it's like obviously we want allies. So if straight people are like, pride is for everyone, it is for everyone. That's what it's about. It's not just for us, it's about inclusivity and about everyone who wants to take part. Yeah, see, I have a lot of against them because, like, with me, they have a lot of stuff against black people, against high and black people at Abercrombie Fitch. So you see one. Okay, bl- the company itself. I know, yeah, like, yeah I look about the company, the company itself. That's why, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, God, they're so saying something. Uh, like, the tweet itself, I don't see anything that wrong with it, but I guess the company, like, I think it's the company. Yeah, no one, no one in the company. I'm like, okay, they'll say. Why are they saying that? I think there was no malicious intent with that particular tweet. I mean, like, it's when companies try to co-opt these important movements and then marginalize them, like that Mm. ad for um, what was it? Black Fridays matter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. sort of like oh for the well, department that, store yeah, yeah. The department at store Black that's Friday. just sort yeah. of like I don't know if anybody saw that but like that is not well, that's okay just stupid. and that that was them <laughs> that's just you know stupid exactly but that was them kind of trying to latch on to what was going like, on yeah, and in the moment and try but at the same time marginalizing that uh, that struggle and the importance of it whereas this was not intended to be that. It wasn't trying to say, you know, maybe we're all gay, you know, let, like yeah. <laughs> You know, it was saying it was saying it's all about love. What was that sound? That? <laughs> I'm also trying to be sensitive to there being younger viewers in our oh, audience. Yeah. Although this honestly, is, I, this, is a, yeah. this is a family show. <laughs> Although also, I say that, but I actually didn't have an alt at all that yeah, well. would have made any more sense. So um, it's kind of like when Best if when Best Buy like tweets something that they think is relevant, like like if they tweet like our microphones are lit, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like that's not. Do they do that? I don't know, man. I don't follow Best Buy. <laughs> do you follow Best Buy? No. I'm, I'm also trying to take Maybe this off. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's comfortable now. I feel like Pac. I feel like Pac. It's coming out. All right. This is, yeah. this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be. Isn't it 
of feel good having a mic. Right? It feels right. Right? It feels right. I wish I just had one around <laughs> all the time. It's okay. like my mouth is carved, but you can hear me great. Well, I can't <laughs> actually understand anything you're saying. Well, I'll tell you. If Abercrombie and Fitch got people annoyed, so did this group of... It, well, the group is called Deplorable Pride. And the reason why they call themselves Deplorable Pride, it's a, it's a take on... Do you remember when Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters a basket of deplorables? And then Trump supporters kind of embraced the idea of we are deplorable. So this group of gay Trump supporters oh wanted to march in uh, a pride parade in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, and the organizers said, no, you support Donald Trump. We don't want you in the pride parade. Of course, they got angry and said, if you are a community that is about tolerance and acceptance of everybody, why are you discriminating against Trump supporters? So. Because he supports hate. And but these are gay people. These are LGBT people. They should be allowed. They can go, Caitlin but they... Is a, Caitlin Jenner is oh a Trump God. supporter. They can go to that's, the parade, that's, but that's they Caitlin. can't, that's, they can't that's Caitlin. go Caitlin's in her own category. Caitlin's in her own category. <laughs> they just can't go and say that, you know, Trump is, you know, part of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, the people can physically show up, but they're not going to sanction a float for someone who promotes hate to a, a bunch of different particular groups of people. Then, then okay, go ahead. Tegan. Isn't that a slippery slope though? Once you tell someone they cannot be in, they cannot be involved in pride. Where, like, where do you draw that line? Okay, I just disagree. Like, I, it's see, not, I don't it's agree not a slippery with slope. Donald Trump, but at the same time, it's like, well, if you see, don't let this, them in, who this else? is the, you know what I, I say. Let the Trump people march, and they're grown ups. Let people boo at them. Exactly, they can handle the booze. This is why, this is, I think, the same thing about Toronto Pride. Let the police march. Let Black Lives Matter march. If people boo at one group, they're grown-ups. They can handle But they the obviously boos. can't handle it because in, I believe, the article that you're referencing, they talk about how they should be allowed to go because they have the right to be... Um, not judged by who they vote for and their political leanings well, and whatever, which is not well, true because A, people can judge anyone they want, but B, the whole thing is that people are confusing free speech and freedom of expression with freedom from consequences. So, you know, you can say whatever you want, but you have to deal with those consequences. It's like when people say things or tweet things that are really offensive or racist or homophobic or whatever, and then you know, get all upset that they get fired from their job. Like, that's what happens. There are consequences in no, life, no. and you have to deal with it. And to... Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not used to breaking for applause. Thank you so much. Um, and to, to Tegan's point, I disagree. There is no slippery slope here, because in this, that's, a, in my mind, an American argument of it's freedom of speech. You can say anything you want. If you start to say you can't say things as a slippery slope, it's not a slippery slope, because I feel like I can say whatever I want, but hate speech is illegal in Canada. As hate, it okay, be. hate speech, but so, we're not but talking about no, hate speech. On. We're talking about people who vote, and I did not vote for Trump. I was a Hillary. Oh, yeah, he's I, our resident American. Right, I voted for Hillary. I was a big Hillary supporter. I'm not supporting Trump at all, but if you are a queer person who voted for Donald Trump, why are you then not allowed to march in the... Because that's the consequence of supporting no, but someone. But is the consequence who, being booed? 
No. Don't you have to separate politics from like beliefs? Like those are two separate things. Just because you voted for one guy. No, it, like the government has to, but people don't have to. Yeah, and but also to, like, those are intrinsically linked, I think, in everyday life with people. But no, the point I was making was that with the free speech thing, you know, they claim it's a slippery slope. You have to be able to say everything, but it's not a slippery slope. It's not a slippery slope to say certain groups aren't allowed because of the negativity that they promote. And it's the same way with the, with hate speech in Canada. You shouldn't be allowed to say certain things no, that but are going not to do it. Not say, but you can vote. I mean... And they did, and this is what happened. Right. And, like, I don't agree, but that's crazy enough it's actually the president. Like, I still cannot believe that. I, but, but, uh, yeah. Hashtag not my president. <laughs> I disagree with that, though. <laughs> Why? Hashtag not my president. Why? Because... He is the techni- president. Technically. He is not my president. Fair enough, but for... Well, especially because you're Canadian now, too. But... Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dual citizen. Yeah. So, when... If Hillary got elected, it would be his president, but since it was Trump... Trudeau is your prime minister. That's oh, absolutely. He's, he's got both, so he's he's clawing onto the is, one. Yeah, but no, no, my, but it's people checking he's out. He's dreamy, oh, right? God. It's people checking out of the argument not by saying dreamy. "not my president." It's people saying that they're not going to get involved because they're just going to wash their hands of the whole oh, thing. Oh no, I disagree. He is no, the president. No, I disagree with that. You have to step up and do something no, of about course, it. People, you have well, to all vote, the people but who they march won't. with their pussy hats. Mm. I, I, yeah, but the thing they need to do is vote in the midterm elections. Oh, of course which they, they do. And I don't. wonder and I wonder how many people who marched on Washington after Trump was elected actually went out and voted for Hillary. Mm. But that's a whole other issue. Anyway, we gotta move things along. Uh, like I said, Faye will be wandering around. I guess you have the handheld mic. Okay. Um, so we're gonna bring in our next yep. guest. Um, John Rubino from Nui Rose. He's actually gonna come in and talk to us about what exactly this event is. Okay, so now joining us on the panel are John Rubino. Well, actually, I'll introduce John. John is actually, are you a, a, an organizer, the, uh, one of the lead organizers of Nui Rose? Um, yeah. What's your, okay, could you lean into the mic? Or we need to hear you. Hi, everybody. Or you can hold it if you want. Um, Nui Rose is actually an idea that um, Francisco Alvarez um, James Fowler and I came up with in 2014 uh, and we decided for the occasion of World Pride that we wanted to do a project that was arts focused and queer arts focused and that would actually fill in some of the gaps that we thought Pride had in terms of its programming because it had sort of gone very much in the way of big performances and dance parties, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but we felt like there might be uh, um, queer artists in the community who uh, could use Pride as an opportunity to show their work. Um, And not just queer artists, but also organizations, groups, collectives. And there's a lot of stuff going on. First of all, thank you for allowing us to be part of Nui Rose. Thank you. Um, and you brought, actually, um, two of the artists who are here at Nui Rose. And I don't know, because I had told John, just bring some artists. So I have no idea who these people are. So um, if you want to introduce them or if, sure. if you want to pass let... the mic, they can introduce themselves. Well, you can't pass the mic because okay. it's wired and taped down. But you guys have mics, so just pick them up or lean right into them so we can hear you. Go for it. Hello. I'm Kan Tudo. 
And I have an installation right up in there. Um, my background is normal. Do I talk about myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my, like, this is your chance to promote <laughs> yourself and your art. Yeah, well, my background is normally in documentary film. So this is like the first time I'm doing an installation. It's really cool. And I'm really happy to be at New Rose. And it's like awesome. What is the installation of what did you install? Cool. So, uh, <laughs> what did you install? I'm sure that, that's the verb Good of it, right? Is that um, well, basically, I did, uh, I made um, a traditional Vietnamese dress out of uh, the dictionary my parents used when they first came to Toronto from Vietnam. That's really um, cool. Yeah, and it kind of explores how, like, my sexuality and, like, my and how I've, like, culturally assimilated to being in Canada has, like, separated me from my family and language. So, yeah. That's wow. Like, so Very cool. So you made a dress actually out of dictionary pages, is that right? Yeah. In the Vietnamese dictionary that uh, were that contained words that your parents tried to teach you to pronounce, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Or so it's kind of it's like they use that to like learn English because it's actually just Vietnamese to English. So like it's kind of actually hard. It was really hard for me to make it because I had to like um, look for like uh, words that I wanted specifically to use, and then. I just like didn't really know that many words of Vietnamese. I had to like Google Translate and then go and then like. Wait, look. isn't it a Vietnamese to English dictionary? Like, wouldn't it give you that answer right on the page? Yeah, it would, but like <laughs> I didn't know where to look. Like, if okay. I looked for like boy, I like didn't know. It right. Because like, it wasn't then. like sorted by English it, words. No, no, no. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. wouldn't be super useful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and we have one other artist here with us with an awesome tie. Thank you very yeah. much. It's a whole thing. Got matching pink <laughs> shoes as well. Um, Ooh. Right? Look at these shoes. Come on. Okay, come on. Yeah, let's see the shoes. <laughs> Is that a oh, shoe? wow. Come on. Are we getting a close-up of those shoes? Yeah. And so then he talked about his shoes and not his art. <laughs> I'm a professional artist, uh, and uh, I normally do, it's, it's kind of fun, vintage-inspired work. Um, and then this seemed like a really good opportunity. Sorry. This seemed like a really good opportunity. This makes me feel like Diana Ross a bit. Um, uh, it felt like a really good opportunity to sort Diane of, uh, Ross, Diane Keaton. We're we're going old soul today. Oh yeah, I'm an old Diana soul. Sauce. Well, when you're this old, I mean. Um, and so the new ones are all sort of have a gay focus. So they're basically words that uh, I was called as a kid, or so like homo or fairy or whatever. And I've sort of made fun little illustrations that. Um, oh, do you, you did the mask for mask one at. I did. Oh yes, my God, I love that. Oh, thank you. Oh my God, I love Fred. that. Was one of my favorite things at the thank Daniel Spectrum much. Gallery. Fred, you said like two random words and didn't form a full sentence. Mask Give any for context mask. for any masculine of the for masculine. It's like hookup slang. It's true for those who don't know. I still don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Like a ma like never mind. <laughs> Oh my God! I get to what explain this to the straight is. guy. Is another art piece that you did? It's I did a painting that had to do with um, uh, guys and, and and how we have this sort of uh, skewed idea of masculinity and how it's become a little uh, over accentuated over the years, in my opinion. And I feel a little like as a as a big sissy myself. I me sort too. of embrace the sissy, mm -hmm. and uh, it makes me feel a little ostracized from my community sometimes. So I put it together a very a uh, fun piece that would sort of have a little bit of, uh, it's like the Mary Poppins approach to art, a spoonful of sugar. I like you that. Know, just yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, so it, where is this? This is at the Daniel Spectrum building. Yeah. Also, okay. that's Which how is, you give context. Yeah, yeah, at re <laughs> like Regent Park 
area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, well, yeah. A, but you have something here? I do. I have a whole, whole okay. there's 23 paintings. It's called a homonym. And uh, they're all... Great name. Because a homonym is a word that sounds like a word that's a... That's a horrible explanation, but... It's the same <laughs> word. You just emphasize. Like it sounds like a word. That's, that's... Well, that's what it is. <laughs> two, like two is T-O or T-W-O or, you know, anyways. So it's that. There, there's different ways to spell two? Right. But there's only one there, right? There's only one there. All right, yeah, good. All right. yeah, yeah. And, th- and you're there. I'm, I'm glad we straightened that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's um, kind of about that. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you. And if, if, if people aren't here right now, um, is there a way people can check out your art online? Or You can. You can go to uh, robcroxford.com, and then uh, I show regularly in the city. I'm showing at the Toronto Outdoor Show in a couple weeks. And uh, this, this was just specifically for this venue and for this for this festival, just to loosen it up, because some of it's a little spicier than I would normally show. Like so, you painted 23 paintings just for this event? That's correct. That is insane. It is a bit... Do you sleep at night? It's a bit crazy person behavior, yeah. <laughs> and how long does it take you to... The little ones are six inches, so I give myself... Size queen. Oh, that's not that small, Size okay? queen is actually one of the phrases. <laughs> Depends who you ask. <laughs> um, so the little ones, I have to make sure I get done in a very short amount of time to make them, you know, uh, cost effective for myself to do them. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a couple of bigger pieces as well. But yeah. And and what about you? If uh, people aren't able to be here tonight, uh, is there some place that people can check out your art online or get in touch with you or all that good they stuff? They can email me. Uh, Just give them your home address, actually. Yeah, <laughs> send me some mail. Send me some fan mail. Um, they can email me. So I have, like, my email is actually my, Eng- my English name, which okay. is, like, weird because it fits with this. But uh, it's Kathleen Tudo at gmail.com. Kathleen Tudo. Oh, Tudo. Yeah. Not G- Trudeau. No, I don't okay. know. I was uh, like, <laughs> oh, do you have any connections? Um, yeah, so you can email me, and maybe I'll send you, like, a Dropbox link okay cool to my thing well congratulations yeah. on be- being part of nui rose this evening Thanks. um good luck with the rest of the evening and uh, thank you john for not only uh bringing them here today but being here today and frankly putting on this huge i'm still going with it with the, it's the world the largest. biggest in the yeah. world yeah. in the world in the world in the world um for putting this together i know it's a lot of work for you and everybody else involved so and for having us thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, shift change. I'm going to ask the three of you to sign a release since you're appearing on camera. I know this is like the legal stuff that, you know. Okay, while he does that, I have a question for people because I was fascinated about this idea of feeling ostracized from your sort of community and whatnot. So I'm, a, I'm one of the straight ones on the panel. Straight ones. I mean, I'm into musical He's, theater. He, he loves I've, musical theater more than anybody else I know. <laughs> Fred and I were talking about this. I've done mouth things. Well, that's what a lot Mouth of things? So that was a, like, mouth? <laughs> Doug I mean, has I mean, done like mouth. Hashtag, Doug has done mouth things. <laughs> All right. So I have to text my mom and explain this after uh, with, 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 with guys as well. But um, <laughs> what was my point here? Okay. So now... Our special guest is Dr. Lee Ayrton. And Lee Ayrton, uh, Lee has been on the show before uh, to talk about the No Big Deal campaign. And I'm just going to let you uh, 
uh, tell everybody what the No Big Deal campaign is. Sure, sure I will. And also, um, I'm glad that everyone is able to verify that I am indeed who I said I was. Because <laughs> now you know that is in fact me. That's no, that, that is not Lee. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just love me. that Babadook so Good much. grief. <laughs> Lee's um, getting baba shook. Well, that's all right. Um, yeah, my okay. name is Lee Ayrton, and I'm the founder of a couple of resources for folks who use gender-neutral pronouns. I do myself. My pronoun is they. I'm a non-binary trans person. And the one that I'm here to talk about is the No Big Deal campaign. So if you want to check it out, it's nbdcampaign.ca. And basically what that is, if you want to bring up, do you want to bring up the other thing you got there? Yeah. So what we do with the NBD campaign is we make resources that people can share. <laughs> I think someone just walked into the door. A panelist, Hello. in fact. Um, yeah, we make resources that people can share, which help folks to understand how to support transgender people in using our pronouns in everyday language. So this is actually our very newest resource, um, and I'm really proud of this. It's gone pretty like low-key viral. I've had almost 600 shares um, and I'm, uh, on Facebook. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, and uh, all of our stuff is designed by an amazing graphic designer named Kai Sepulis. If you've ever had a craft beer, you've enjoyed her art. Um, on the can there, um, yeah. And basically, as you can see, um, we're trying to uh, we're trying to help folks understand what it is to use someone's gender-neutral pronoun, and that fundamentally it doesn't have to be a large, big problem. It doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be a political conversation. It can be a pretty everyday thing. Like, hey, that's my pronoun. Someone's like, cool. <laughs> thanks for stopping yeah. by. Yeah, we'll that's see it. You. I got it. Bye. Thanks. So that's really, uh, that's it. So our new resource here, and we have a lot of other posters that kind of speak back to common, um, common arguments against doing this thing for transgender people. So if you want to think about, if you want to check it out, we have a lot of other graphics. But this one here is just basically saying, you know what? My pronoun is a big deal for me, but you can actually just use it without us needing to go into all this stuff. Because most of the time when I use, when I address somebody by their pronoun, I don't know anything about them. Right? So it's kind of suggesting to people that this isn't an occasion for big conversation. You can just say, hey, yeah, it's your pronoun. I'll do my best. Cool. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, this, okay, this, okay, I'm going to preface this by this will sound offensive, and I do not mean it. In Hit that me. Way. But I, I, I'm picturing it like when somebody says, like, oh, that's such a cute dog. What's his blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, she's a girl. You're like, oh. You know, I, I think that's the sort of level of acceptance that we need to get to, where it, nobody gives a shit. That's what, not offensive at all. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to You'll make sure that I wasn't try talking a about harder. animals and people. <laughs> all right, good. good. No, no. Well, wait till cool. we turn off some cameras. No, yeah, I, I am not. Yeah. Anyway, but because you know what I mean. Like, like that's the, no the big level deal of, that most people's pronouns are. And that's yeah. Okay, so that's sort of the way I process it. As like <laughs> that's sort of what you're sort of getting to, where you just want people to say, like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And but now but I know and move then, on. And, but I, I say thank you for coming on and actually kind of being patient with us in, sure. in explaining what this is. And, and in fact, I'm curious if there's anybody here who mm. kind of goes, gender neutral pronouns, what? Yeah. Yeah, it, does anyone have a question? Like, I actually take questions on my blog, which is theyismypronoun.com. I've been doing that for about seven years. Was that a lie? My gosh. Okay, like at least six I years ago, I've been doing that. Death. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've been doing that for a long time, and I, but what I do on my blog is I take questions from people like, oh, this person changed their name. I don't, can I, how do I ask them if their pronoun has changed? And then I give them an answer. They say, wait a minute, do I say they is or they are? And I'm like, always they are. 
Right? You don't have to be like, is they coming to my party? Would they, they's like to bring a partner? Because what is they is, bringing? I'm like, you, you can say you when you speak to me. That's fine. Also, you so can, I take care all, of that problem. You can also use their name. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sure I mean, you like can. That's another thing, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I've, I've actually started kind of doing that more with people, just mm. using their names mm. that are relying on a pronoun. Well, see, Lee, if uh, you said that you take questions on your I blog. Do. Yeah. And what is that blog again? Theyismypronoun.com. But you have lots of, your, your website is great. You have lots of resources, like what, let's get that back on the screen again. Uh, not the no, Baba Shook. That is not on my site. <laughs> no. Um, all the infographics are amazing. They're great educational tools. What is that website? That website is the nbdcampaign.ca. We just encourage people to do their best to say, no big deal, I'll use your pronoun. That's cool. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Good to see you again. Thanks for being here. Hey, Ori's back, everybody. Hey. Yes, Hello, everybody. We didn't, we didn't get to introduce him before, but this is the other member of our regular panel, Ori Barnett. How's everybody doing? We can't oh, hear you when you do that. That was a sexy voice. Um, uh, yeah, so traffic was bad, right? Yes. Yes. Incredibly. Yes. Because you were coming back from far away. I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> um, not only is Ori here, but we have... What? Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> we have a doctor. No, not the Baba Duke. Hey. I didn't know what you were talking about. What is about. this magical creature right now? Um, we have. I've never heard. We of that. have. <laughs> no. What? What is this? It's the twerking Baba Duke. Right. Diane Keaton. <laughs> it's not Diane Keaton. Um, All right, but somebody actually doing important another, good work. We have another doctor. We we we've been double doctored. Um, we have doctor. What? You have great Double teeth. You're and hair and an awesome <laughs> shirt. <laughs> we're, ju we're just here to talk about how Michael looks. Um, Dr. Michael Fanous, um, a specialist in uh, HIV medications and PrEP. And uh, welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. So before we actually get into it, is, does everybody in the is there anybody who doesn't know what PrEP is? Why don't you tell us anyway, Prit? Well, I'm going to let Michael tell, but I Somebody. wanted to see. Because there are, uh, it, it depends on what world you, what your, your circle is, whether or not you know what this is. I, it, until doing this show and spending time with more gay men, I, I, prep was something very different for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's pre-production, it's prep to me. That's how I mostly use right. it. Or uh, at the time, earlier in the season when you were on, I was dating this girl who she was doing prep, but she was like fitness prep for a mm -hmm. fitness show. Okay, and so what I is... So, so I had no idea before this. What is prep, Michael? So prep is spelled capital P, little r, and then capital E-P. It stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, and it's just to differentiate from capital P-E-P, which is post-exposure prophylaxis. Post-exposure means after you've been exposed to HIV. We can give meds to prevent you from being, becoming HIV positive. And then pre-exposure prophylaxis is meds we can give you before you're exposed, similar to birth control. So if you're on this pill, you don't get HIV. So what's rocking the whole queer world now in LGBT spaces is that we can actually end the epidemic. But I don't want to talk just about PrEP. 
I mean, most of my focus on these TV shows has been talking about pre-exposure prophylaxis, but this is just one medication from a host of HIV meds that I specialize in and help people access. Most of my patients, or most of my clients rather, are HIV positive and they're doing incredibly well on treatment. So my focus is ending the stigma. So we have effective medications, we even have one tablet once a day regimens, which we put all their medications into one tablet. And the great thing is that people that are taking medications are now undetectable. They do not transmit the virus to their partners. What does undetectable mean? I'm glad you asked. So undetectable status basically means if I were HIV positive and undetectable, it means I'm taking medication to make the level of virus so low in my blood that you can't detect it. And that's incredible. Does it get rid of it entirely or, sorry, pardon me. Thank you. No, we haven't cured HIV okay. yet. There is cure research. So cure research would say, all right, so someone's been undetectable taking their medication for years. They're not transmitting it to their partner, even without a condom. This is incredible. Now, what if we remove treatment? If we remove treatment, the virus starts to replicate, unfortunately, within two weeks. And then you can start detecting the virus again in their blood. However, we can extend that period. So cure research is looking at why, do, why is it just two weeks? Why can't we make it 10 months, 10 years? maybe for the rest of their life. But what I'm trying to get at is, PrEP is great for HIV negative folks, but there's still 25% of gay men in Toronto who are HIV positive, and that's not a bad thing, and it's not something to fear. My patients who take medication and un are undetectable are fighting the worst thing in their life, and it's not the virus, it's the stigma. So unfortunately, if we can get them treatment, and they can still go out there in the world and live healthy lives. We have studies that find HIV-positive, undetectable patients live just as long as those who are negative. That's, that's a hallmark of treatment. That's a new thing. You can applaud that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we call this treatment as prevention. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. It's a prevention for those that are negative, and that's great. We keep them negative. But the bigger thing is if we can couple that. So if I'm sleeping with someone who's HIV positive and undetectable, and I'm on PrEP, a condom doesn't afford me any extra protection. In fact, that's, this is chemically protected. People who say, oh, you're having unprotected sex, I say, no, your mother had unprotected sex. <laughs> oh, snap. Right? <laughs> I'm having chemically protected studied and effective ways to prevent the transmission of the virus. In fact, we have a picture of you promoting, don't we? There. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the uh, again, 2016 you? AIDS Walk for Life, and this benefits the AIDS Committee of Toronto. But not only does it fundraise, we hit the streets again, we do this multiple times a year, with the messages that undetectable equals untransmittable or uninfectious. So if someone's undetectable, they're not somebody to fear. If someone is undetectable, they are just the same as all the rest of your friends. They're not someone who can't have sex, who can't find a partner, who is infectious. So the message that you'll see there, undetectable equals uninfectious, is incredibly important. But equally as important are the campaigns that we have, and you can see List Prep Now. So the List Prep Now campaign I want to speak about a little bit. It's a campaign that's going on currently. The AIDS Committee of Toronto is helping promote this message. I'm helping to promote this message. PrEP is not yet covered by the government. But if you become HIV positive and you require lifelong treatment, then there's programs to cover that. Does that make sense? So the government is looking at it saying it's really, it's, it's costly. You know, to be on PrEP costs almost $1,000 a month. And it's insurance, so it is expensive, but that's because it's just one of the HIV medications. We've been using that Truvada in treatment for years. So if it's not covered by the government, do um, 
many benefits plans cover that or are most people just on their own trying to pay for this? That's a good question. So right now, yep, some private insurance plans cover it. And yes, some people do cover it on the expense of the government and I can't really officially speak about that right now uh, at this table. How do they do that? Uh, it's depending on everybody's plan. However, it's cost prohibitive. The number one reason guys don't take PrEP is not a fear of side effects. It's not because it's a tablet once a day. It's not the inconvenience. It's the cost, mm -hmm. right? So is there a cheaper one now? I'm glad you asked. Yes, I'm happy to announce. <laughs> is there a script? <laughs> Did we rehearse? Um, I want to announce to you guys, as this is the first time I've done it live. Actually, the second time CBC got me live last week. But This is basically the same as okay, CBC. Okay, yeah, it's right. the same yeah, as CBC. Yeah. There, it will now be a much more affordable generic prep on the market in Canada as of next month. Now, I don't want you to think that generics are some kind of, you know, sold on, the, in, you know, in a parking lot or it's not approved or this is something that you're going to get. Like the know. generic iPhone cable that makes your phone explode kind <laughs> of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Health Canada doesn't allow me to sell a generic unless it's tested to be effective and it's tested for safety, and it's tested to be equivalent to the brand name. There's a lot of generics for a lot of drugs floating around the market. You can look online, you could look at non-accredited pharmacies for generic medications, but Health Canada just approved a generic for Truvada. Truvada is two drugs in one tablet. So the long name is Amtricitabine, Tenofovir, blah, blah, blah. But now there's a generic made by several different Canadian companies that will be sold in Canadian pharmacies, accredited Canadian pharmacies, it's tested and it's proven to be the same as the brand name. What are we talking about in terms of price if you, it was $1,000 a month before? So we're talking, so generics, when they enter the market in Canada, thankfully they're regulated by the government, so they will not come out at even near that price. We're talking about less than half and perhaps a quarter of the price. Wow. wow. That's really good. So our next guest of Arabian Nights LGBTQ, Kiro Salib. Hello. So for those who don't know what Arabian Nights LGBTQ is, please tell us. Absolutely. So Arabian Nights LGBTQ is a not-for-profit organization. We do host a fundraiser every month, actually. Uh, yesterday, we just had our Pride Edition one, and it went very well. It was amazing. Um, and part and of you're awake today. Yes. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> Thank God for coffee. Um, yeah, and um, so part of the proceeds actually do go into helping a lot of the refugees that come in, um, how to integrate within the LGBTQ community, how to accept their faith and their sexuality, uh, HIV, AIDS, education based on their faith, uh, their traditions, their cultures, me being Egyptian, I have my own background in regards to that, but here. So it inspired me to start Arabian Nights LGBTQ and it became um, this big event that's doing very well and I thank the community for the support on that. Cool, now I, I have to ask, um, just because there's so much going on politically um, around the issue of, of m people from the Middle East. Yeah. Um, has, it, um, has it affected the, the, the queer Middle Eastern community uh, any differently than, you know, in terms of like the Syrian refugees or, you know, the, the ban, the, the Trump travel ban, whatever he wants to call it, 
So it seems since the rise of Trump and presidency, there has, racism has increased. Um, here within Toronto, I've, I've had a few encounters recently myself. I mean, I've lived here pretty much all my life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm out and about, and then as soon as someone finds out what kind of event I have, they're like, oh, you're the guy who hosts the terrorist party. So it's like... So people say that to you? Yeah. Yep, it's been happening, uh, and it's getting worse. Um, I got followed by the police recently into my condo um, when I've been living there for a long time. So it's becoming very weird, and it's becoming worse, not better. Um, so Arabian Nights LGBTQ is meant to fight this and stand. Uh, I mean, even recently, again, when um, the whole vigil with the Orlando Pulse uh, that happened recently, I was very grateful for it. But again, the Middle Eastern community is held in the back because of the person who committed the act. The transgender Middle Eastern community is always forgotten as well, even though there's a big number of them. Um, so there seems to be, the Middle Eastern community is also scared. There is a fear to speak out, there is a fear of being exposed. So it, it goes from both ways. I mean, if we are confronted by the police, many will just go, okay, sorry, you know, they'll just adhere instead of standing their ground and, you know, uh, standing firm on their rights as well. I'm going to ask a weird question. Sure. And I don't mean to You've pit... You've asked many weird questions. Yeah, I know. Before. I don't mean to pit uh, different groups against each other, but there's a lot of talk about you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, relationships between the black community and the police. And I don't hear the same... And uh, there are a lot of people who aren't black who are rallying to Black Lives Matter's side. And, mm -hmm. you know... But I don't hear the same, I, I don't hear it about your community. Yes, it's a cultural thing. We keep quiet, we keep to ourselves, just go with the flow and pretend. Um, very often you'll find um, that, that I, I used to be that way. I used to try to fit in, pretend to be someone I am not to fit in, keep quiet about my emotions, keep quiet about how I feel, and just go with the flow, go with the bigger crowd. Uh, because at the end of the day, a lot of the Middle Easterners who come in, they come in from a classist system. Um, and that's still applicable in some behaviors because that's how they grew up, and for them it's normal. Um, and because of that, they don't speak out. So I'm encouraging them. Arabian Nights is meant to encourage them to have a voice and to stand strong. It's gonna take a lot of work. This hasn't been done before. There's been support groups, but everything is always done in quiet. So, you know, this year I, I've made it a very strong opinion. A lot of people did not like the fact that I stood for Black Lives Matter and what they stood for, but that's because I had to take a look at the bigger picture of what works for the community, what needs to be done, we as Middle Easterners need to do together. Um, I'm very proud to say Michael Fanuz, being another Middle Easterner, we grew up in a very suppressed community here in Canada where we were taught to stand up. So. It's hopefully it will happen, but it's gonna take a lot of time. It's new, it's fairly new. And your organization is helping on that front. If people wanna contact or find out about the organization, where do they go online? Uh, best, well, Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Arabian Nights, LGBTQ.com. The website is actually up on the picture over here as well. Uh, Instagram, AKLGBTQ, and um, yeah. So you could contact me through any of these and we'll be happy to answer. Come to the events as well, show your support. Uh, one thing I actually wanted to say that's been incredible development with the events is the amount of straight um, Middle Eastern people showing up. It's been incredibly humbling and incredible experience to see. So it, it, 
the voices are being heard uh, and the support is, is happening. The change is going to happen. So cool. Thank you. So, so you're bringing gay and straight Middle Easterners together to see what happens. Isn't that how it should I be? I like it. I like it. <laughs>Okay, now, sit already. Don't just stand there. Well, sit on the couch. It's comfortable. <laughs> Those seats are awesome. I was literally um, just sitting there. They're great. Now we have I, I, a very interesting topic. Uh, from the group Polyamory Toronto, David Williston. Hello. 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 So, David. Yes. Um, what is polyamory? The greatest thing in the world. Nice. Oh, oh, thank you, oh. thank you. It honestly is. <laughs> Actually, hold this. Um, so polyamory is uh, an ethical form of non-monogamy. So non-monogamy obviously is breaking away from the tradition of uh, couples being based on two people. Um, so that's been a very heteronormative uh, thing for for a long time now. I think a couple is two people. You mean a relationship being two people? Yes. It's literally the Sorry. definition. Yeah. <laughs> um, so polyamory is a little bit set apart from some of the other forms of non-monogamy for sure, but even other forms of ethical non-monogamy in the sense that there's a very strong emphasis put on transparent communication. Um, so it's about talking things out, making sure that everybody that's involved in the polycule or the relationship structure is equally aware of uh, the things that have been agreed upon of being um, topics that have to be discussed ahead of time, such as how many partners. Um, we were talking earlier in the show about um, prep and barriers, and sometimes that's, well, a lot of the time that's something that gets talked about very early on, like, well, if you're having all these other multiple partners, what is being done or not being done, what risks are being taken, and everybody needs to kind of be brought in to the fold on that, so it's not as though you would have one partner that has no idea if you're using barriers with a new partner, uh, what their level of comfort is, and then if there's children involved, um, like if one couple has, uh, like if one person in a relationship has uh, children, you know, that's something that needs to be kind of like discussed about uh, sharing the time. Um, now this is this is the reason why I wanted to have you back, and uh, particularly because you were on the show previously, especially with uh, with an audience here, because this is a uh, this is a confusing and controversial topic for people. Right. I um, think we have a graphic that'll clear it up. Super okay, easy. put the graphic on the screen. This, this, this'll clarify everything for everybody. There you go. <laughs> I totally expected the Babadook. Oh, he wanted the Babadook. That's what I thought he was gonna do. <laughs> Moments passed. Okay. Next pops time. up when you least expect. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it has to be unexpected. Because if 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 someone says, "I'm in a polyamorous relationship," or "I'm polyamorous," uh, people are going to have lots and lots of questions. Right. I think big love, honestly. Like before meeting you and before kind of learning a lot more about it as we did through the point, that was the first thing that came to mind to me was you know Mormonism, big love, because I mean also Bill Paxton. Um, but you know what I mean? Like that was, I'm a very See, but that's culture. polygamy though. Yeah, no, no, I know, so. but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that like I, I didn't have a very clear idea of polyamory and especially ethical polyamory, like whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so that's just throwing that out there as a perspective. It, it is very confusing when you just kind of see this, especially for the first time. 
Um, but I thought it was I, a floor plan for the 519 <laughs> when I first put this slideshow together. But like I said the last time I was on the show, um, for me personally, when I first looked at it, I was kind of like, oh God, I have to know all of this. But as I started to go through, I was like, well, you know, a lot of this stuff that's in this diagram, it just doesn't even apply. And as I started to kind of look at all the terms and think about what they meant and did a little bit of, you know, Wikipedia searching for uh, some of the terms I wasn't as familiar with, I started to feel a lot more comfortable with just kind of gravitating to the one, two, or three things that overlap for me, because I'm kind of in that, like, purple area with the polyamorous relationships, maybe kind of toward the center with polymono. What and is commerce? Is that just, yeah, like, yeah. like company, or I was thinking, like, companies who sponsor relationships? <laughs> like, well, our relationship brought to you by Squarespace. It's... Figuring out how your relationship works with one or more people from a financial perspective. Oh, okay. Yeah, so moving in, combining assets and stuff like that, which is a part of many relationships, definitely many traditional monogamous relationships is like the shared bank account. And obviously if you're living together in a house that you paid for together, um, if you bring other partners into the fold, that's something else that needs to be discussed. Well, you know, we've got assets together, so that's something that you would need new partners to be comfortable with. Like, oh, like, I don't really want you sharing a bank account with, you know, your other partner, because then what are we sharing? Like, that might be something that gets brought up where it's something contentious to talk about from one side or the other, being for it or against it. It seems like it could get complicated very quickly, it, as most it could. things involving money Isn't every do. relationship complicated? For sure. Yeah. Uh, did you I, I did you find it difficult to quote unquote come out as being polyamorous or in a polyamorous relationship? Because I find that I'll be honest, I'm in a polyamorous relationship. Um, I find that coming out as that is kind of like what it was like to come out as gay twenty years ago. Right. Uh, did, do well, you? yeah, I actually had a coming out party two years ago, and for me at the time, it was more about me coming out as pansexual, and I did. Which is a whole other discussion, which I've never heard that used in a non-comedic context. I'll show you the pans <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did you it could more. Fry my skillet. <laughs> what I find interesting is that people get freaked out about the term polyamory or what it is to be polyamorous, or but. I, I haven't seen any statistics on this, but I'm assuming that very few people are actually monogamous. They may say they're monogamous, yes. but they're not. Like, if, you're, if you say you're monogamous, but you're cheating on the side, guess what? You're not really monogamous. Well, I think there's a difference between being polyamorous and being an asshole, which no, is no, what no, you're no. saying. But, uh, but I, no, I, Well, it's up here, though, yeah. because some people accidentally end up in one of these forms of polyamory, which is don't ask, don't tell, which is that kind of magenta, oh, I see, I that see. magenta in the middle. But, I mean, for it to actually be a polyamorous relationship, that needs to be discussed. Like, no, don't tell me no, what you no, do. I, I just, I, I feel like there's this, that, uh, the way that at one time, you know, uh, heterosexual was like the norm or the pinnacle and then you know there were the other people who didn't live up to you know the expectation and I feel like monogamy is still put on this pedestal of being what we all strive for or for what is perfection and yet very few people actually practice monogamy Right, which is why it's bizarre that it's still I mean, promoted, it's recognized so much I mean, through the government. Like, 
institutions and stuff like that because we were, we were talking earlier about um, what it is that like the governments recognize and what it is that they give privilege yeah. toward and couples you know monogamous couples definitely have privileges within <clears throat> just the societal system for sure or absolutely a hundred percent just because hundred uh, percent what sorry that, just... that I would be polyamorous cool. um, I've actually been thinking a lot about it since you were last on the show and um, it would actually work out perfectly perfectly for me just because I've never actually been in a long-term relationship. Um, Which I, I still, I cannot believe. I just, well, I would the, think thing, the thing is, the thing is, is this like, Try to I, lock him down. I'm, <laughs> thank you. But um, my, my eyes always wander because I'm, I'm attracted to a lot of people in a lot of different ways, right? And, um, and I, I, might, I may not get something from someone, but I can get something from somebody else. But it's not like I still don't, love this person or like this person, but I just, I, I want the best of, like, all of the world, and I know that's very selfish of me, but... But it's not! Uh, but I just, like, and, and that's that's just the thing, and it's, I... Um, it's not selfish. No, it's I know, and, like, selfish. and... Uh, that's, that's the perception. And I usually, every time that I get into what would be a long-lasting relationship, I find myself thinking, like, you know what, I, I really like this person, but is it fair to me to want another person as well, you know what I mean? Whereas in polyamory, like... It just works because I can have things with different people that I need. You know what I mean? See, in the polyamory community, um, like Eva, who is the lead organizer, she often has said over the years, I've come to know her, that she sees friendships, you know, any kind of, you know, with a family member, whoever, those are all relationships that take different amounts of energy. Um, yeah. And it's all about, you know, understanding what your limits are and playing within it, right? You know, like that lotto, you know, slogan. Um, but it... I kind of brought it up last time I, the, mm -hmm. I was on the show, but you could put it into any number of simple metaphors where it's like, if you're with a partner who loves skydiving, like, it's the biggest thing in their life. Like, they have to skydive. They are someone who skydives, but you are terrified of heights and you will never, ever, ever right. go skydiving with them. Why would you want to, like, be in a relationship where you develop all these feelings and you care about them and you say to them, well, you know, since you can't go skydiving with me... You can't, you can't go. go skydiving. It's not fair. You know, mm -hmm. to, to kind of, in this not always intentional, but like sort of a manipulative kind of way to kind of hold hold someone in this emotional kind of like hostage situation. Whereas you're in a polyamorous relationship, it's like, oh, you know, the other night at the pub, I ended up meeting this person and they love skydiving. And for your partner to look at you and say, fantastic, go skydiving with them. Right. I want you to have that relationship with that person. And I mean, the skydiving is one kind of extreme example that's pretty easy and to visualize. And skydiving, that's not a euphemism for well, something. No, but that's what, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. It's, there it's, is skydiving it's, it's a metaphor. So you know, it's a metaphor that's easy enough for people to visualize, thing. but yeah. it could be anything. It what, could whatever be, kind of diving you're into. Exactly. I mean, you know, you could end up finding someone that's just into mouth stuff, and that would be great. <laughs> what? Okay, well, no. see... Helen Hayden. Um, Helen, um, I, there you go. There you go. Um, Gorge. Wow. Bad headshot. Yeah, that's you. Oh. That you look fabulous. That's a great headshot. Actually, you, uh, does anybody here watch Designated Survivor? Me. I do. I do. Did it's anyone notice a hot coroner? <laughs> yes. Telling Maggie Q yes. about a dead body. Makes that coroner from iZombie look yeah. like a pile so, of puke. So, iZombie. <laughs> you know, every so often there's a, a local Toronto actor, actress who ends up in one of these big productions that films here in Toronto. And Helen ended up in 
designated survivor. That was amazing. Thank you very much. Um, so what's Maggie Q really like? Oh my gosh. Uh, everyone was actually so lovely. The entire cast and crew were wonderful and um, I honestly can't say a bad word. She's just as gorgeous in person and um, a total professional. They had a really long day of shooting and she was just lovely to be around and yeah. And actually, um, uh, our editor, uh, Andrew, who's behind one of the cameras today, um, li you live near where Maggie Q lives. Yeah. We're, we're, we're spilling the tea What's on Maggie, Maggie Q's Q. home address? <laughs> um, uh, you said that she's always, uh, there's something she's always drinking? Oh uh, yeah, it's like a mason jar full of like a mixture. It's supposed to be really healthy, but it looks like pond scum. Does she ever drink that on set? I, I didn't see what she was drinking on set, but she's glowing. So whatever it is, it's but working. It's working. Yeah. Um, so actually, hearkening uh, back to what we were talking before, because you're, you're, our, you're our only straight girl on the panel today. <laughs> I have to say. Online I, petition. I have to say, usually when you see a TV show and they have the corner, even if, it, it, usually it's, an older person, e e even if it's a if it's an attractive woman, it's it's. Uh, you're just Where are you going with this, Fred? No, you are the hottest <laughs> corner I've ever seen on a TV show. Thank you very much. And I'll you had take glasses it. on too, right? Yeah. So it, she's you know, smart interesting. too. Yeah. When I went in for the role, I was yeah. wearing like. The, she was described as very cool and young, and I was wearing like high tops and like my glasses and my earphones. I was like, oh, whatever. And then I went in for my fitting, and they put me in like this beautiful silk blouse and high heels, and I was like, what? Like, and, I was and so who's confused. who's chop? Who's right. dissecting? Who's doing autopsies? Looking that. I mean, I have to say, who's but doing they, autopsies they, they looking they that like fabulous? They it down. The next day I came back to set, and she was like, you're right, you're not that pretty in it. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Although there is a scene on, from another episode of A Designated Survivor where, um, well, Maggie Q plays uh, an FBI agent, mm -hmm. uh, and she's, like, been held captive on a cargo ship, and she's running away from the bad guy. Her heels are, like, this <laughs> high. Like, who's running around as an FBI agent in heels that high? Anyway. That's Nikita. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Helen Hayden. There she is. Thank you very much. <laughs> and now, once again, it's time for Tito's Midpoint. In a second. Sweet. So tonight we're playing Point of No Return. Usually we ask questions to the panel and just try to be shady in case we want to know like what's the tea with everyone. But tonight we're going to ask the panel and the audience if anyone has an answer to one of the questions, raise your hand and we'll go around. Or what? eat snacks. And what are you it's, doing? It's a long show. What do you expect? <laughs> a stunt. And you do it during my segment. You brought a prop. What, what kind of popcorn is that? <laughs> okay. So we're each asking a question today? Yeah. Okay. First question. <laughs> Have you ever peed in the swimming pool? Yes. I'm going to ask, ask Ori. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Does anyone have a pool I, pee story? Did it turn blue? No. I think no, that's it a turned red. No, it's red. It's red. It? Is that real? It's red? Yeah. No. Why are you just kidding? No, I'm just kidding. a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've peed in, I, I mean, I've peed in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, all the time. Was all that the that time? BP oil oh, that's where I don't even because go to the washroom. You're, in the, you're at the ocean all the time? No, but like Which if one? I'm at a beach, I don't go to the washroom ever. I just what? go for Did a swim. What? Did you just swim. hold it? 
No, I go, go for a swim. swim. Yeah, who doesn't? And then Some people find it. And it's just so invigorating, you don't have to go anymore. Oh, sure. Ew. Ooh, who am I going to ask this question? No, you're asking everybody. Oh, everybody. Would you ever have sex for money? How much money? Uh, okay, this one is directed at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, no I, I wouldn't. I, I say that, but if, if it were a lot of what money... What about if somebody tossed you a mill? The disappointment. I think anyone would do it for a million. Close your eyes and... Hope for the best. How about so like hold on. leave the check on the nightstand? Are we talking like gay for pay kind of thing? Or are we talking about just no, like No, just having sex. Just sex. Like if yeah, some Well, I mean, obviously. If, so, if, if a woman do it for free and someone's like, also, here's a bunch of money. Like, why not? Okay, Tegan, two fifty for a bead, yes or no? <laughs> two hundred and fifty or two dollars and fifty cents? Two hundred and fifty. Oh, that's a That's an argument we had hours. afterwards. No, no, he's not charging him for the He's saying, I'll get, give I'll me give a blowjob, and I'll give you $250. <laughs> but some, peop- some people do that, and they'll pay you for that. Like, they don't want you to blow them. They want to blow you for money. I, I, would, oh. I would pay Ryan Gosling to <laughs> do mouth things. To eat your <laughs> to popcorn. Eat popcorn. <laughs> Tegan, next. Hold on. Audience, I would like to, anybody, answer that question. Has anybody in the audience been paid for sex? Or would you be open to it? <laughs> Wait, this sounds like Robert Everybody just looked really <laughs> nervous. I heard a sigh. I heard a sigh. All right. Next question. No, no teeth? No teeth. No teeth. No teeth. Okay, Tegan. This is actually a really good one, and I'm going to ask this to my friend Tito. What are the three qualities you feel are most important in a friend? Ooh, in a friend. Oh. I thought it was going to get like really bad. Thank you. In a friend. I, I know. Yeah, that's a reference. I understand. Honesty. Yeah. Okay. Sense of humor. Loyalty. Mm. Wait, do, we we don't have the copyright to these products. Props. Yeah, you gotta hold it. Andrew will blur it. Look. You and look at the way he's holding that. <laughs> Doesn't mean. I'm care. impressed. I didn't say beauty. Anyone? <laughs> I'm not that shallow, Jesus. Yeah, right. Tegan, you're one of the only women I've seen. No qualities. Oh. Honesty, for sure. What else did you say? I wasn't listening. Loyalty. Loyalty. <laughs> These hoes need to be loyal. Fair. Yeah. And that's it? Yeah. Okay, next no, question. No, I said the three. <laughs> Who's yeah, next? Next question. Didn't you ask a question? Yeah. Somebody did something wrong. Oh, somebody did something wrong. What was your childhood nickname, Gordon? Was it Gord? No, 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 no. Uh, G-Funk? No, nothing cool. <laughs> Gordo. Yeah, it was Gordy and then Gordo, and I was like, no, I'm just Gordon. And then I was like, what? No, and then some people just decided to call me Jordan. Oh. Do you Jordan? hate when I call you Gordo? <laughs> Do I hate it? Yeah. Um, he doesn't love it. Yeah, okay, you just answered my yeah, question. Thank you. Gordo is from Lizzie McGuire. And I was going like, say, yeah. He, he just kept losing, yeah. right? Like, yeah. he wasn't a winner. He was a Did loser. you say someone decided to call you Gordy? At the end. What are you talking about? I thought Gordo was a girl from Lizzie McGuire. You got Lizzie at the end. I don't know what you're talking about. You got Lizzie at the end. At the end. At the end. At the end. Did anyone else have any funny nicknames growing up? Dreams Bottom. Dreams Bottom. That's a good Nice. I didn't have nicknames as much as people just asked me about Patty Mayonnaise a lot. Mine what? Is, Am I mine? the only one my age in this room? What's going on? Patty oh, Mayonnaise? Oh, from Doug, from Doug the show. Yeah, okay. the show yeah. Doug. Oh, my, I'm Doug, Doug everybody. I, I should have put my name up on the Doug, board. Doug, okay. Mine yes. was just tits. Tits? Tits? 
Yeah, I call you so T. Why? Or, or Tina Turner. Oh, tits. I get it. Starts with a T. I don't know. People I mean, were, you had yeah. boobs when you were a kid. Next question. No, Popcorn shit. man. Ask a question. <clears throat> Wait, no funny nicknames in the audience? Pimp Squeak. It's a good that's one. Funny. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. I thought you said Pimp Squeak. My grade seven teacher nicknamed, or, mor, nicknamed me Morninsky because he was, he was Ukrainian and I was half Ukrainian. So my last name was Morno. So he made it. Uh, he made, he made my it. last name were, uh, half Ukrainian by okay. uh, calling me Morninsky. Cultural. <laughs> Cultural. Yeah. That's, that's adorable. All right. <clears throat> Oh, you need me to hold that for you? This around to okay, I guess we're. Wow. Oh, I thought they were the I've caramel also got ones. Sun chips here as well that people prefer. We those. don't oh. have the rights to these brands. <laughs> All the way. Ask the question. Who has not been asked yet? Just read it. For Just everyone. read it. It's for everyone. What is your biggest fear, everyone? Oh man. Being alone oh. forever. Dying alone. Pregnancy. You're going to die. Oh, alone. oh <laughs> winner. Me too. I was going to say heights, but yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I would jump off some, some high. <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid of getting pregnant. <laughs> Into water, of course. Tegan? I'm afraid of Patty Lapone. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> Another she great she current reference. Did nobody watch the Tonys? Okay, that is a current reference. She's in war paint right now. She yeah. is so talented, but she is terrifying. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, audience. Biggest fears. Just shout them out. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Crickets. <laughs> Dead crickets. Taxes. Ooh. Dead crickets and taxes. Taxes. That's a good That's one. your worst fear, <laughs> Helen. Failures. Ooh, oh, failure. That's a good one. Get mm. yeah, from someone okay. who's an actor uh, who's constantly uh, give touched. Give it to me. One more question. Give it to me. Pregnancy. Give me the the, uh... the souffle cup that Tino <laughs> found somewhere. Okay, I'm gonna uh, let's pick a good one. If I don't like it, I'm not asking it. Okay, I'm just going to ask this one because I want everybody to see it. Can you read that again? Just just that pose. <laughs> it's like he's looking under glasses. Okay, everybody, you don't have to say anything. You just have to do what the question says. Okay, and the question it. is, can you lick your elbow? I can. I swear to God. Okay, let's see. Can Tito lick? <laughs> I am fully impressed right now. Yeah. I can also lick my tongue. I can lick I my tongue. To go, I was trying to go this way the whole time. Like, Is anybody else that... walk hard right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can anybody else lick their elbow? I can lick my nose too, but only if I push it down. Uh, wh oh, wait. <gasps> you could do it. Without oh pushing it down. All right, let's yeah. see this. Let's see this. Okay, Hold on. Yeah. Lick okay. each other's noses. <laughs> Maybe later. Lick, well, lick them close. <laughs> Almost. I wouldn't say no. We got four minutes, then it's after ten, and we can get into the stuff that's a little blue. Yeah. Thank oh, you, yeah. Tito, for today's elbow-licking midpoint. Great. Put the snacks <laughs> away. I feel like your mother. Put the snacks away already. Those are for the guests. It's a lot of talk of mothers tonight. <laughs> Our next guest um, from One Hop Kitchen, Lee Kadeski. Welcome back. 
And, and, and his brother, Ellie, is also up there, but he had to, so he handsome. stay the whole time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we have the better brother, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Throwing what? shade right out of the gate. Um, the Nick what? Jonas of the brothers? I, I, it's, yeah, it's like he's Nick Jonas and the other one's Joe Jonas. Well, no, wait, there were, like, are there Jonases? Joe like, is still great. Like, they're both hot, but one's just a little hotter. Anyway. More um, smoldering, <laughs> I would say. Um, one Hop Kitchen. What makes One Hop Kitchen unique? Uh, we make fantastic pasta sauce, and that's all you need to know. Uh, no, we, we work with uh, insect protein. So we make uh, fantastic food out of bugs. Um, I like to say if, if you can dream it, we can make it out of bugs. Um, we make a cricket and a mealworm bolognese. Um, it's a classic meat sauce and everything but the meat. Um, and we do it by restructuring bugs into tofu, um, which we can then turn into a whole bunch of different things, including hot dogs, uh, that weird beige lump, which is our cricket tofu, um, and pasta sauce. Uh, How do you get around the fact that tofu is gross? Uh, we we I try like tofu. We try to avoid calling it tofu. We always run into that problem of you know how do you explain this thing that's never existed before um, and communicate it in one sentence. So we call it textured insect protein or tip. How do you get around the worse. fact that that is also so, probably so, difficult for people to? You, so, you go on interesting talk wait, shows. Wait, there you go. Yeah. If you just want to eat textured insect protein, it's just the tip. It's just the tip. Fred, uh, get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> the jokes will so just how keep did this? Better. Yeah, the, the um. So um, I I'm sorry to keep bugging you about this. But <laughs> now we need a cricket sound effect. <laughs> but how did you how did you come up with this idea? Um, so I'm a food scientist. Uh, I did my master's in dairy chemistry um, and spent a lot of time learning more than I thought there was to know about milk. Sounds uh, awesome. It was it was really cool. Uh, if you ever like want, I'm a food scientist. Yeah, like. it's it's good fun, and I keep a, a little bug lab uh, in my uh, apartment, um, which gets messy, but it gets clean. Um, but I was interested in edible bugs. People have been talking about it as a sustainable way to feed the world when there's going to be nine or ten billion of us in thirty years. Um, and what I saw was there were no meat products out on the market. As people were talking about sustainability around edible insects, they're better than cattle, they, you know, they take less feed, less emissions, and yet we had no products that actually replaced meat. Um, so I went into the kitchen and I was trying to make really imitation, imitation crab. Um, basically called up my brother one day, said, hey, I invented cricket tofu, and we started the business. Okay, what's imitation, imitation crab? Just, I want to back up for one second. Imitation second. crab made out of crickets. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was like, why is there a so, arthropods? So, exactly. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> so how do you... Okay, so how many people, be honest, how many people think this is just gross? He wants to try it. I see that. He was like... The, uh, it's delicious. Um, how do you get over or get bypass that idea that eating bugs is gross? Even though we all did it when we were like five years old. And we do it unknowingly when we sleep too. <laughs> I don't know who wise. you sleep with. <laughs> no, it's, it's a real thing. People eat like 11 spiders a year. That's, that's an old wives tale, yeah. I think that's false. I think it's, yeah, it's 1100. Yeah. Um, oh, the science shit. is still out. Uh, but I mean, the biggest thing for us is, is putting bugs in forms that don't look scary. Uh, so I brought snacks for you guys here. Um, you know, we've got on the right there in the little cups, um, we've got some just whole roasted crickets. Wait, what? 
together. In I there. told you I'd bring you something new. I can't do that. I can't. I'm do not the, doing no. that again. No, because they look like cricket. I do can't they have do it. a flavor or what? They're they're just a little bit of seasoning. Why salts. are they whole roasted? Seasoning cricket? salts. Like that's it. We got an order for them. I had them left over. Stop. Uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, um, okay. I, they're really nice. They're kind of like sunflower seeds. Like they're loaded in protein. I have a bunch just for the audience shot. too. Uh, right, right behind Faye, right there. Um, you know, originally I didn't trust you, but you gave me a jar of bread, yeah. and I took it home to uh, give the, give, make spaghetti samples. And my girlfriend was unhappy. Okay. Yeah, uh, some tears. And uh, did you tell her before or after? After, definitely after. after. Uh, just if you have a shellfish <laughs> allergy, don't eat the bugs. Why? Uh, people who have shellfish <laughs> allergies can be sensitive. You know how uh, lobsters, the cockroach, or the sea. Crickets are like the shrimp of the Arthropods. sky. I'm, I'm Arthropods. I want to try the hot dogs. That's what I want to try. So I'm paying thirty-five dollars <laughs> in a restaurant for a cockroach tail. They have eyes. Yeah, it's a really good cockroach. Mm. What? Oh. Cockroach of the sea. So have there ever? Thank you. Now, now here's here's a question. I mean, people could eat beef. They could eat chicken. They could eat soy protein. Why eat crickets? Why even bother? I mean, that's a, if it's not for you, you don't no, have no, to. No, no, no. But I'm saying, but that no. But in in that same sense, I mean, I think it's. They they can be really tasty. There's there's a ton of great bugs out there. I've had about 15 different species of insects that I've tried. Um, I've had ones that taste like paint, ones that taste like dirt, scrambled eggs, cheese, and green wow. apples. Crazy. Um, green apples? Oh, yeah. Giant water bugs. I had them in Japan. Um, <laughs> upset, I guess. But uh, but they, like they, apples, they're though. pungent like green <clears throat> apples. They're actually ingredient, an ingredient in Thai cooking. See, when you when you ground them up and you create the tofu yeah. and you make things out of them, I can do them. I can't do the little. But no, but the reason why I ask is because I know that insect cuisine is becoming a bigger thing. And I was just hoping he's really chowing down on the bugs. <laughs> These things are delicious. Um, who Thank wants you. to make out with Ori after you this? Mm. You want to do mouth things? Not even me. <laughs> so, girl. All night long. Um, uh, no, why is it actually becoming a bigger thing to pay attention to farming and eating insect products. So an enormous amount of greenhouse gas emissions, water, I mean, it's about 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock. At the same time, uh, we tend to exempt our agricultural sectors from things like carbon taxes, cap and trade, any kind of you know water regulations. We, we try and limit how much agriculture is affected by these things. Uh, and we protect the industry a lot. But we make an enormous choice between, you know, from what we eat, probably it's, it's a bigger contributor to climate change than how we choose to transport ourselves. Um, and it's just not something we're going to be able to keep doing forever. So, you know, people are looking at all sorts of alternatives. And, uh, you know, I'll, it's not just about bugs. It's about having a, a robust pla you know, portfolio of different kinds of solutions that will be good for different people. Um, and that's uh, at the heart of it. I mean, largely it is also reducing our consumption of animal products because they they do require a lot more resources to raise. At the same time, they provide exceptional nutrition. Um, and like they can be really tasty, I'll be the first to admit it. But uh, you know, it's just about creating new alternatives, showing that there's, there's more great stuff out there. And beyond just eating for the planet and sustainability, uh, there's great components for your health, um, there's great micronutrients, and you might find something you really like. You might just do something new. And I, and I will say, because I've had the, the pasta sauce, um, it tastes like really good pasta sauce. It really does, and and I, I actually said to to Lee when I had when he when he had me try it, I said, "Wow, this tastes really good." And he said, "Do you know what the secret is to really good cricket pasta sauce?" I said, "What?" He said, "Good tomatoes." 
and it's the truth. It, it just tastes like good pot. It just happens to have a different source of protein than yeah. And, and the reality of it is most of our meat doesn't have a ton of flavor to it to begin with. Um, I mean, some things do. You buy a nice filet mignon, you're getting a lot of great flavor from that steak. But when you grind beef into a hamburger, you can flavor it however you want. I mean, there's yeah. only so much you're getting from it. And to be fair, I mean, I'm just... I think we eat a lot of crappy meat too. You know, we should we should replace I think our at least our crappy experiences mm -hmm. eating an unsustainable product yeah. with at the very least a crappy experience eating right. a sustainable one. Do you right. do, can you make uh, like lean ground cricket? We're so our textured protein we basically crumble it up, we brown it in a pan. That's okay. how we use it for the bolognese. Okay. Um, we're working on you know getting to to more kinds of textures, and that's that's my personal background in food science. That's my interest. The hot dog has been a really big one for us, and I'm glad this is our new formulation. You I was going to say, because I tried the old, yeah. and I liked it, but it wasn't great. It, yeah. it tasted like tofu dogs. Yeah. This And tofu is gross. <laughs> tastes more like a veggie dog. This though. tastes more like a veggie dog. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. And it's, it's this about, is better. Oh, thank you. This um, is better. Um, so it's One Hop Kitchen. If uh, people, I know that you're now in supermarkets, at least around here, because um, I've seen it on the shelves. <laughs> Um, if people are interested in finding out more about One Hop Kitchen yeah. and your products and all that, how do they find you online? www.onehopkitchen.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, One Hop Kitchen. We've also got that weird C thing. Um, that's our ingredient company. It also looks like in the middle it says FU. It, it does say FU. Okay. It is a company. It's a very unfortunately Edgy. titled company called Seafood Foods. Um, which originally yeah. stood for Cricket Tofu Foods. Um, Seafoodfoods.com, CFUfoods.com. Well, CFU. Uh, see, yes. Um, you'll see a lot of pictures um, of a whole bunch of different stuff, and it's all made out of bugs. <laughs> Great. Um, and you're going to stick around for a while if yeah. people uh, want to try out uh, uh, the hot The hot dogs are good. The, I can't do the bug. The bug says the bug. <laughs> Ori can eat them. I can't do them. But the, the hot dogs are really good. Thank you, Thanks. Lee Kadeski from One Hop Food. One Hop Kitchen. Seafood Foods. One Hop Kitchen. Okay, so we are back now, back with the draggiest of drag queens. I try. Fatality. Good. Woo. I look good in that photo. Oh my god. You right? Do. I, to I, I told you earlier Fuck. you had the best headshot. Fuck. Titties on point. Right? Yes. Giving. Yeah. That's, <sighs> yeah. Exactly. What? 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 Uh, black diva of the past does she remind you of? Ooh. I'm drawing a blank. I've, there's been so many references tonight that I uh, I have no more right now. Good, because I'm, I'm my own person. That's yeah. right. She's exactly. her own. I'm like she, Tony Brown. You're every woman. Ooh, it's all in me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if it's all in you, oh, uh, that's a topic for another day. You know what? That's a, yeah. That's just um, okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, there, is, uh, there are some issues I want to talk with you about. Uh, Did you do that? Today. Uh, there you go. Um, so there was this. There was this. Um, there was this article uh, on the the website Vulture about how our male how male stars have become too buff. Oh God! And they're, for example, Zac Efron in Baywatch. He's not too buff. Can you Fuck know, don't no. say anything bad about. So good. Don't say anything bad about Zac Efron because that's 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 like my Beyonce to um to like. I, I agree okay. actually. Thank no, you. no, I thank you. No, because I grew up with High School Musical. I did. I just love him. Yeah, I also that, did. No. hairspray. That's my thing. Oh, no, but Zac Efron didn't look like that in in High School Musical. No, but he was. But he didn't hot. need to be though. And also, why shouldn't he? Exactly. Now, right? like, what's the problem? 
Well, the the problem is it, that uh, all these stars now are um, being forced. I mean, the movie studios are forcing them to get unrealistically buff. I mean, Chris Evans and all that. Well, well he Baywatch. was beside The Rock it's in Baywatch. Baywatch, right? It's Baywatch. Yeah. So. It's Baywatch. You kind of have to be like fucking hot. I know, but I mean, back in the day, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Hasselhoff. Yeah. He didn't look <laughs> like that. No, so. but nobody did. You know what I mean? Like nobody looks. But isn't like but they isn't do. this creating an unrealistic? There's all these people watching from the glass. Come in, come in, come yeah, in. You can know. come in. Or they can't, they can't hear open, anything out there. Open the door. Um, um, they're just leaving. On yeah. this topic, um, so men are now being held to the same standard as women. Yeah, I think we went well, the wrong yeah. way there. I, I think the point that Fred's making is like we shouldn't be holding men to unrealistic standards. We should stop holding women to unrealistic standards. We just went the other way. We're like, well, fine. Fuck men too. But <laughs> as a culture yeah. overall, we have an unhealthy relationship with our bodies. And yes, yeah, and so sure. doesn't this, doesn't this uh, hurt us? No. Doesn't this create an unrealistic, no, image of what men's bodies should look like? It's no. not unrealistic. It's, it's not, realistic well, it, if well, you work if for you, it or yeah. if you pay for it. Yeah. But well, I can give you the number one. Well, number one, I can give you the needle for the steroids if you want to look like that. Number two, stop offering us needles, okay, Fred. But He's I, always doing this. I, I don't think I don't think Zach Efron is steroids though. Fred well, thinks everyone also, does. No, no, but the no. the other point is he is he makes a lot of money off of these movies. And that's the a bad movie thing? studio makes a lot of money off of this, so he can. I mean, he's basically paid to work out. He is his trainer is paid for. His dietitian is paid for. Mm. He his full time job before making this movie is work out and look buff. Right. Yes. If so, there are you know people who don't have those resources who then have that pressure on no, them. It, they don't though. Here's no. the thing. Yes, they is, do. No, here's uh. why they don't though. Okay, you don't it. have the same entrenched misogyny that women deal with. That, no, no, that, no, no, that, no, no, no. no. Oh. I will leap across this table. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, you don't have the same systemic issues of body image that women have had to deal with for centuries, right? So it's it's not the same when all of a sudden, A, there's a focus on health, I know. Oh and God, people, yeah, there's a big parade Sorry. outside, yeah, they're celebrating the points so so finale. It looks just like Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope Tour. What is this? Oh, that? And what no, is that? Oh, outside. The parade. That's exactly what it looks like. Look it up on YouTube. That's what it is. Um, yeah. But my point is that it's not It's not the same because, A, there's a focus on actual health that has never really existed before. This is and not second, health. No, I this know. But what health. I'm saying is because there hasn't been such an entrenched, uh, you know... Uh, message of you have to look like this the way that it has for women no, that it's, it's not going it, to affect men in the same way. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's effect, and hopefully uh, um, when, when uh, we can get uh, a picture of uh, Zac Efron on the screen to show if you I exactly known, what we're I talking really about. I really would have brought Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I have but, one on my phone every day. So yeah. Me. I mean, <laughs> I have one women, on my women <laughs> have dealt with this for longer, absolutely, and I'm not comparing this to how women are treated in the media, but I'm saying that just for men, this creates an unhealthy, unrealistic expectation of what men should look like and then men's... But then you go to good life every day and you can see the same thing. No, I think people, there are... No, there are uh, 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 that's a, uh, a gym. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> go to the gym and you see people who are taking steroids or whatever and they are having... 
But there's there are deeper issues with those particular people because I don't think genuinely that men have the same <laughs> the same concerns yeah. or the same pressure, and I don't think they care as much. But, yes, more, they it's do. An es- okay. It's me. an escapist fantasy. Okay. Now, granted, I'm no. talking from the straight community, yeah. which is very okay. different. So I see. I, I came to the conclusion to myself as a gay man. I always thought that oh, I wanted to be a buff guy, but then I realized to myself, okay, no. If I'm a buff guy, I'm not going to be attracted to my like. I don't want to be attracted to myself. I'm attracted. I'm, I'm attracted to buff men. He's a skinny guy. I actually love myself more than anything else. Well, that's. I applaud that. Thank you. Where? No, but I mean, like, like, people are attracted to a certain thing. That's why Zac Efron is. Is he, he, no, I understand. Like I mean, girls. I understand. Huh? Like, like, like women and, and, and men that are attracted to him, right? Yeah. Like the, the point of him being attracted is for people to be attracted to him. He that, knows. That's what I'm thinking. He knows he's effing hot. So that's the point. No, I, <laughs> I, know, I know he <laughs> knows he's hot. I just think. All right, that hold on, hold on. Uh, let's let's throw this out here. Does anybody out here have an opinion on this? It's on the show. I right? feel like there are people the who have an opinion on this. The yes. microphone's on the show. Oh, right. I was like, hey, give him the microphone <laughs> here, over here. <laughs> I, I actually totally agree with you. I actually find him less attractive now than I used to. I, don't I agree. Him, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't find him attractive at all. He's too, he's too beefy and buff. Okay, so that's it's a matter un- of attraction, but do you find, you, you think, oh, God, now I have to go out and look like that? Mm, uh, do you feel that kind of pressure? No, or that's is it the point. Where you're yeah. coming from where that would, yeah. that would potentially... There are a lot of people. men who have... Body dys- uh, dysphoria. Dysmorphia. Yeah, dysmorphia. dysmorphia. Um, I tweeted about it. Who see that and say, I, need, I now need to look like that. That's okay. So I tweeted uh, like a couple of days ago, like, I feel like I'm getting body dysmorphia because of all the hot guys I follow on Instagram. Oh and then on tomorrow I'm going to yeah. follow another one. But it's just like, they're everywhere. And I want to look like them. That's something I did a long time but ago. See, I was unfollow all of these um, Instagram right. models because it is unrealistic. And uh, you really gain nothing from it. Uh, see, but in a way, it kind of pushes you. Like, if you do go to the gym and, like, you want to look like them, then you work harder to kind of get... But there's a kick. difference between a, 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 um, a reasonably buff-looking, muscular guy mm. and the freakazoid that Zac Efron has become. Oh, my God. He's, so, he's not a freakazoid. I can't do this. Hold on. I Does can't do what? this. Go away! Stop it! Take stop it! Money. No, he's become no, too. He's no, beca- no. Leave him okay, alone. Fine. Leave okay, fine. Okay. Also, what happened to the escapism leave of Zach? Leave Zach Efron alone. Okay. Fantasy. Leave Zach Efron alone. Leave Zach Efron alone. Leave him alone. Let me Hashtag leave Zach Efron alone. Well, Faye has a lot to say. Question. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody has a question. Somebody has a question. Question or comment? No, I just have a bit of a comment because I think, you know, you're focusing a lot on Zac Efron right now. Right, just because... And, and I get why. But, you know, if you look at... I mean, Faye, you talked about yeah. how you loved him from High School Musical. Yeah. He needed to do something super dramatic to shed yeah. what he had built as a reputation of being a teen star in the yeah. same way that Miley Cyrus did yeah. when she was shedding the Hannah Montana image. Yeah. And in the case of him being super buff for a movie like Baywatch... It is a fantasy. You're buying a fantasy. But David exactly. Hasselhoff didn't look like right, that. Right, but he's, he's starring besides That's the rock. But, but don't hassle the hoff. Don't hassle hoff. David this. Hasselhoff. Um, yes, he wasn't the, the the hot guy on Baywatch, 
But when you look at David Charvet and David Chokji and all these other super buff guys that were alongside him on Baywatch, they did have that body image. Yeah. So you're buying the fantasy. And if exactly. you can separate what is a realistic body image versus what Baywatch is selling you, exactly. you can just take it for what it is and just enjoy it as eye candy. And the same thing with Chris Evans. He's Captain America. He has to be buff. You're buying the image of this larger-than-life superhero. It's true. Also, yeah, Zac okay, Efron does very much look... You? Like a like like the man like a man now versus the boy of Zac Efron. Wait, because he and also he tried to get over his singing thing. Remember how he used to sing? Now he doesn't do that anymore. Which is awful because he has a beautiful okay, voice. Side note, side note, side question: that he didn't even sing the first High School Musical. Yeah, but he did in Hairspray, and that's way was better. Not, not good. Let's not talk about that. Let's From the audience. Um, uh, I'm not so much bothered by the level of buffness, but it's more the frequency. Because it's pretty hard to find anything that's targeted at a certain audience between kind of that mid-teenage range to kind of the late 20s where all of the stars in the movie are not in some form very, very fit. Yeah. I mean, like the Twilight series definitely did a dent in the whole thing too because of all of the topless scenes in the first like two movies. And I've found personally that, I mean, for the kind of person I am, I'm not afraid to admit that I've had, you know, body image issues and I've been self-conscious. And seeing all of these guys everywhere, that the only guys I see topless in a TV mm -hmm. show, in a movie, in a post-rad, that they all kind of have that similar body type, yeah. is it does make me feel like I'm not a normal guy. You know, because these are normal guys. These are the guys that are constantly being see, shown to me, and I'm not like that, so and, there must be something wrong with and me. And see, that's why I wish more movies and more TV shows has like, okay, I can talk about myself personally. I'm more attracted to a stocky guy, and that's just me. And I wish more What's movies... What's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> no stuff, no stuff, no stuff. Right, right. See, that's just me. But the thing is, I wish more TV shows, more stuff like showed stuff. Like, a hot guy doesn't define a six pack, six pack abs. Well, and hairy guys too. Exactly. They're, yeah. al they're always perfectly what's smooth. What's up? Right? See? Yeah. Right? What? You want to see what what too much buffness can do to a person? Look at Carrot Top. Hold yeah. on, I think we have a picture Just of Carrot Top here. Carrot Top. That's Baba all Duke. I will say. <laughs> we keep talking about David Hasselhoff. Does nobody remember the drunk video of him eating a cheeseburger? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Sorry, no. I just had to bring that up. No. Okay, okay. so, Faye, I, I, I actually, I, I had this article kicking around for a while, um, hoping that one day you would come back to us, and you did. One day. Um, this was uh, an article from uh, LGBTQ Nation. It's called 10 Things You Should Never Say to a Black Guy on Grindr. Okay, so uh, uh, grind, everybody knows what Grinder is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, number ten, can I ask you a question? Um, that's that's what it says. Really? Just because it's lame? No, because there's no like. Because automatically the first thing I don't know if it's on the list, but the first thing that I get is you're cute for a black guy. What? <laughs> I literally got that so many times. Really? Yeah, you're cute for a black guy. That's what it is. Number nine, I'm not attracted to white guys. Okay, see, I haven't got that. But is that, I, no, is that no, I, I've got, I'm not attracted to black guys. You're, uh, see, that, that's something yeah. you shouldn't say to a black exactly. guy. Exactly, that's something but, you shouldn't right, say to like, a black guy, yeah. What's wrong with, like, because it's, I don't, I don't get why that's a problem, that particular. Like they only oh. like black guys, so they tell him that yeah. they don't well, like I'm not black into guys. white guys, so obviously I'm into you. Yeah. That's why um, you messaged me. We call them night riders, right? Yeah, yeah but straight, straight people do that with, Wasn't like, David straight men do that with women all the time. Was that You know, like. Oh, you know, I don't like... David Hasselhoff was in Knight Rider. Stop. Yeah. All right, we have to stop with Hasselhoff. <laughs> we have burned so that... Okay, number ground. eight. 
I don't cross racial lines. Oh. Okay. Somebody, somebody says that word for someone, word. Someone actually that, said that word for word. According to <laughs> this writer, me, this receipts. writer, <laughs> Jeremy Heligar, these were things that were said. Uh, black don't crack. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, it it's kind of true, right? Uh, honey. Yeah. Okay, this one, this one, I can't, number six. Is it true what they say about black men? Oh. But that's like a fact as well. What, no, like in the not. media? That's, that's not a fact. No, it's yes, not. Yes, if you do like a stu- study statistics of like average men no. in the world. No, not all black. No, is well, that like okay. as can an I, average? Can, like, can I say that? Can I say that? Can I say, say that? whatever you yeah. want, honey. Not all black guys have big dicks. I'm not saying like all, no, but, but like we, the majority. You heard it here first. Mm. Like well, statistically, saying, it's not statistically at all. Not all black people. No, not all. No, I'm saying like majority of the As world. As a gay I man, mean. I stu- no. <laughs> Well, and doesn't what are you that saying? All their dicks look the I've, same. I've, I've, done, my, I've done my research. No, yeah, yeah well, I, w- I, w- I went black and I went back. That's not the point. Does, <laughs> doesn't doesn't that stereotype uh, also? It's one of these things that creates an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, that's completely. Like, then if you're could they all know? Could they all okay? So this thing with me, I don't get that. Um, I don't get that that often. But most people look at me. They assume a so, I'm. I do. A, I'm a certain position. But then they see my skin. This skin tone, and they assume a different thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, because like because of my <laughs> because of because of me being skinny. Okay. And gay, okay. And, and, okay. And, say it. Say it. Just say yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Because in, in the gay community, they automatically uh, assume that I'm a bottom because I'm skinny. But then then they see I'm black. They're like, okay, wait, no, never mind. That you must be a top if yeah. you're black. That's yeah, so you have a big dick. Yeah. Um, uh, number five, you must be. <laughs> number. F- <laughs> is it true? <laughs> oh yes, ask. Gordon's a power top. Right? Gordon's a power top. I've heard like a lot of those like from Tinder. Question. Gordon's more of a power side. <laughs> yeah, side. I've actually heard like a lot of those like from from like Tinder and stuff like that, and well. I guess Tinder's the only thing, oh, but okay. <laughs> well, for me. Yeah. Uh, but um, and it's like, uh, am I? Is she attractive enough for me to try and change her to deal with the racism? <laughs> is she really? <laughs> Do you question it's this? Like, that's the the the. Because some of them are really the bad. White, I don't cross right. racial lines. Yeah. The white perspective white? on that <laughs> is 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 this what? is is this person hot enough to deal with how stupid they are? Except, well, again, like stupidity is like well, we have to allow that. You know well, I'm just saying like because I don't deal with the, the racism see, thing. See, the thing so. it, it sucks. It sucks for me being a drag queen because that's just a cock block in itself. So I have to for do some people. No, no, no. With most people. Cause like I, I, cause that's why I don't. That's why I have a um, a side profile that's just my bo- my boy Instagram, and I hook that oh. up, I hook that up to Grindr because because most people automatically assume, uh, oh drag queen they don't want they don't they like they don't want to deal with that, and then when, when I see straight when, oh I love when I see um, a straight man comes up to me because I'm like, I'm I'm more I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a man than you ever be and I'm more of a woman you ever get. Oh, girl. Angel. What? Catchphrase. What? Angel. But, like, the amount of straight guys that go up to you. Oh, you saw. Girl. Oh, 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 honey. Talk about that. What? Okay. Because that's crazy. The eyes in general on the street is ridiculous. Well, because far and far away, you can't tell. You can't tell what's realistic or not. So, like, automatically, straight guys just assume. But then, with me, in terms of grinding and stuff like that, black's one thing. Drag, drag queen is another thing. They automatically show me energy because of a drag queen. And then what? Because I'm black. It just, it's just like, I think as though I'm not even full black. <laughs> I'm mixed. And that's what I have to say to people because people are like me, oh, I don't do black guys. No, I'm not even black. I'm mixed. 
Give me something. <laughs> I, I feel Give like me something. I feel like in general, being black is like kind of a benefit. Like all to these degree. things. No, just, to a degree. No, to a degree. Just because yeah. I yeah. just feel like uh, just just there, and they yeah. just like, oh, love black guys. <laughs> See, yeah, I see that. Yeah, they were, it's always yeah, to the wild, the wild dick. You have a wild dick. See, for me, though, you, you know, the, the strange thing is, I always get those comments from other black guys. I have a lot of black guys who are actually attracted to me, and I'm like, I don't, do, I don't go black. Interesting. The one I won't. Re- I, won't I like my don't? men like my chocolate. I like my men like my chocolate white. But um. Whoa. Um, <laughs> what's, but up? Know, <laughs> what's up? Most of. T. All right, what else is on this? Okay, okay. okay. Uh, number four. I don't even know what this stands for. BBC. Big Black, big black Cock. Oh, Big Black Cock. Come on, son. Come on. Come Good on, hon. Well, well, like, you should have known that. Come on. Do you watch Coronation honey. Street? Hashtag how old is Fred. Honey, honey. Um, number three, I'm hungry for Big Black Cock. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number two, I love black men. But oh, is, is that it? No, how dare you? you what's wrong with that? Say that? And I don't, <laughs> no one, it, it's not usually people who say that, though. Not a lot of people say that, though. I don't know. And number one, I've always wanted to try black. Yeah, see, I get that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I get that. I Did would also... Uh, oh, no. No, I feel like Never. that's a lot. <laughs> I feel like I would I, black. I, I would black. add I would add to the list. Is that a I'm slogan? not racist, but... Yeah, see, right, that, yeah, that's, that's, I know. Yeah. But, like, would you get offended if somebody asked you that? I don't think so. Or like said, I don't consider myself full black. So that's the, that's the thing. I don't get that. I don't get that offended. So I mean, that's just me. Point. I feel like that would be kind of insulting though if you were treated like a fetish. Oh just, yeah, I get no thing well, like that. Right. That's that's that's, no, that's why that's why I get offended when people say, I don't like black. I don't like black guys, but you're cute. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's yeah. So, yeah. So it's like it when that people. That's that's when people say to me, "You look really good for your age." Um, you do. You do. <laughs> I oh, literally welcome. said that to him in the bathroom before the show. I don't know why I said where uh, before the show tonight. And he in, in the washroom, the hell in, up the wash- in the stall. Um, okay, so um, well, you you obviously as a drag queen, you perform many many songs. I sometimes do, right? yeah, maybe. And uh, Tito, you are a you are a big bopper. Uh, okay. Um, so True? music, like he bops to music. Well, (laughs) speaking of things musical, it's now time for the point's very first musical guest and musical performance. We're going to set up for singer-songwriter Shane Stoltz. We'll be right back. And we are back with singer-songwriter Shane Stoltz. So Shane, uh, you are going to be singing your new single in a, just a couple yes. of minutes. A soul love. Soul love. Soul love. It's one word. One word. Soul love. Uh, um, what's the inspiration behind the song? Because you're a songwriter too. You wrote the song. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wrote the song. I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, soul love. Well, have you ever locked eyes with someone that you really like felt some sort of connection with? I do right now. Like this moment. Yes, right exactly. at this moment. And you're like looking in their eyes like this and you just, you really want to know more about them. I do. And you feel that allure and that mystery. I do. And <laughs> yeah, and so it's, it's wanting to, yeah, yeah you, you could get in on it too, totally. And it's wanting to um, 
feel that deeper connection to them. It's a really fun summer jam. Cool. Now, how did you... Now, you're originally from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Yeah, born Correct. and raised in Thunder Bay. And anybody from T-Bay here? Any T-Bay fans? T-Bay. T-Bay. Oh, yeah, Two you used to live in T-Bay. Um, no, I didn't say T-Bag. I said T-Bay. Um, um, how did you... Uh, have you always been musical? Have, have, were you always a songwriter? Did you always think you'd be a singer? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, my first performance was when I was uh, six years old from a grade one talent show at uh, St. Francis Elementary in Thunder Bay, where I was born and raised. Um, and I really, really wanted to sing uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Yes, exactly. Epic, amazing song. She's, well, Celine is my queen. Well, one of my queens. Did, I, did I you have do many queens. The mannerisms, the. <laughs> I had my own diva mannerisms, okay. actually, but um, <laughs> my six-year-old, you know, diva self. Um, yeah, so, so I you really knew wanted. Back then. To, yeah, yeah, like I, I totally like. I really wanted to sing that song, and so I made my mom go out and get the cassette tape at the time because you know that's so '90s, right? And uh, I made her practice with me every single night. And uh, she was really surprised because I was like extremely shy. Like I was known as Shy Shane. And um, yeah. <laughs> that was your nickname. That was my, yeah, exactly. Funny nicknames. That was my nickname when I was really little, Shy Shane. And so I went on to do the performance uh, in grade one. And I got a standing ovation. And, you know, people were crying. And uh, it's wow. actually up on um, my website in the bio section. You can watch the performance. And my mom's, like, shaky hand camera, because she was, like, bawling her eyes out, was filming it. So yeah, it's from, yeah, my performance. So wow. yeah, that's well, how it st all started, really. Well, what, what is your website? Let's give it out now so sure, that people know. Sure, it's uh, www.shanestoltz.com. And I also have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, my Facebook is at Shane Singer Songwriter. And my name uh, is actually spelled S-H-A-Y-N-E. So it has a Y in it because and I always <laughs> people put tend a, to a, forget. A second the... T in Stoltz, but there's no second T, right? No, it's, okay, so it's, uh, yeah, so my Twitter and Instagram is at Shane Stoltz. So that's S-H-A-Y-N-E-S-T-O-L-Z. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Ready to sing? I'm so ready to sing. Cool. With his new single, Soul Love, please welcome Shane Stoltz. Thank you. Thank you.
everybody for making the first season of The Point so successful. I want to thank uh, Nui Rose for having us here today, as well Woo. as the 519 Community Center. Here we go. Subscribe to us on YouTube. I know you're watching us live today, but we are a web-based series, so go on YouTube, Watch us there, subscribe to us, doesn't cost you anything, helps us out greatly. That website is youtube.com slash the point guys. We're, we're actually also live right now. Oh, we're live right now. We're I don't have there's no viewers, nobody's watching. We're, oh, okay. <laughs> but it is live. We're also we're also on iTunes. Check out there for the audio podcast. Our crowdfunding site is on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the point guys. Follow us, like us on social media everywhere. We are at The Point Guys. We are also available on Reverie, the world's largest LGBTQ streaming service. We're taking the summer off. We will be back for season two. So we will 
See you next fall. We, we didn't tell anyone else we were going to do that. You want to do it again? So we will see you next fall. On the point, to sing us out, Shane is back with a track off of his debut self-titled CD, right? It's, it's just yeah, called that's Shane. Right. Shane. Shane. Just Shane, with like share. <laughs> um, right. It's called Moment. Moment. Yeah. It's on your debut CD, which is actually available for purchase right there in the corner. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for showing up and watching us today. Thank you, Nui Rose. Here we go. Once again, Shane Stoltz. Thank you. Songs about loving yourself and remembering to live in the moment. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy New Year, Rose. Thank you so much for having me on the show. On the point. Say goodbye to the fear inside. It's time to speak your truth and let your spirit shine. Don't be afraid. Throw your own parade to celebrate life and who you are today. And light up the sky. All your colors fly And show the world your pride And love is all we need To make us feel alive Never, ever forget How we're feeling in this moment Never, ever forget how we're feeling in this moment Free to be whoever we want to be Kings and queens, our truth is what we believe And never, ever forget How we're feeling in this moment Live your desires and feel inspired Let your passion light the way Let it take you higher Light up in the sky Let all your colors fly Show the world your pride And love is all we need To make us feel alive Never, ever forget Whoever we want to be, kings and queens, our truth is what we believe. And never, ever forget how we're feeling in this moment. In this moment, with all of you beautiful people. In this moment. Don't let them bring you down, just live your life.
Thank you. Thank you.